Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope. I hope you're doing well, and I'm so glad you're here. This is a show where we get to tell real stories from real people and get real solutions. This is where you get to hear how to feel happy, balanced, and worthwhile. How to make that lonely ache vanish and feel empowered, confident, and secure. I'm Lauren Abrams, and today we're talking to realtor mom and my friend, cancer survivor, Lauren Rabbits. We all like dynamic, inspirational, friendly voices, and Lauren Rabbits is certainly one of those. Lauren's second routine mammogram visit resulted in a surprise cancer diagnosis. She kept this fairly private, meanwhile working her real estate business and doing the mom thing while treating her cancer. She came out, so to speak, with her cancer after her treatments were finished so that she could help others and also to remind women how important mammograms are in cancer detection. Lauren's chatty, outgoing, successful, and fun. She's also a plethora of business acumen. She seriously knows everyone, and if she doesn't, she wants to meet you. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope, Lauren Rabbits. Thank you. I love the whole premise of this show. Oh, thank you. Well, right now during COVID and lockdown and pandemic and the fires and the smoke and everything else and homeschooling you home with two kids and being a top realtor and everything else, how are you managing? How are you getting by? How are you homeschooling? How are you, how are you doing? <laughs> uh, overall, I'm doing well. I cannot complain. Uh, we are all healthy overall and busy, busy, just adjusting to the new normal. I came this morning um, from recording the show with you from an inspection. I actually had a doctor's appointment with my oncologist. And then after this, I've got to go do carpool because my son is actually starting in-person athletics. So I'm just trying to do it all uh, the best way I know how. <laughs> but to answer your question, I think I'm just losing a little sleep these days is what I feel like we got sleep back in the beginning of COVID because we weren't waking up as early. It's kind of, you know, workouts weren't happening as regularly, school lunches, you know, for us as realtors in the beginning, we were not essential and then we were essential. So we kind of had some ups and downs, but now I think it's just trying to have some normalcy and to just kind of go back to the good old to-do list. Yeah, good old to-do list. I don't think anything's going back. I think everything's going to be new and different, whatever the new is going to be. And you also said you came from the oncologist. How did that yes. go? Did you get a clean bill of health? I did. I did get a clean bill of health. So a little over a year ago, uh, for my routine 40-year-old mammogram, I it was my second mammogram, but it was my first for like, you know, screening purposes. I was diagnosed with, you know, hold on, let me think of the name of what it is. Invasive ductal carcinoma, which is just the most common kind of breast cancer. It was small and early, you know, detection stage one. So I had a lumpectomy and radiation all during regular life and business and spring and stress. But since that, you know, having a clean bill of health, I now need to go to the oncologist every three months. So today happened to be my appointment. And yes, I did get a clean bill of health, did all my blood work, and everything looks really good. That's so good. It's amazing. I saw your seven-minute video of your treatments. Um, yes. You did that. I mean, you condensed seven minutes, a lot into seven minutes. It was very moving. I, I mean, I got very cheered up watching it. It's, that's a lot. Yeah, well, I think uh, when I was diagnosed on February 6, 2019, I really went through it privately. 
I was, first of all, very surprised to find out that I had breast cancer. Um, nobody in my family has it. I, it's not a genetic marker that I was ever worried about, uh, just kind of shocking. And at the time, I just decided to go through it privately. I, like you mentioned, I'm busy, full-time job, kids don't really want people to feel sorry for me. I didn't want meal trains. I didn't want people thinking I couldn't work. I, I just didn't want that you know, that receivement of other people's perceptions. I just wanted to do what I wanted to do and tell the people I wanted to tell and create boundaries with certain clients and people that I did end up telling. But I also just wanted to kind of record the journey for myself as well, because I wasn't talking about it, which may or may not have been healthy. And then it wasn't until a year, you know, later that I really felt that I was in a position and, and behind it where I could kind of move forward and be an advocate for people who may have gone through what I went through and didn't feel comfortable sharing their story with people. Because what I found was with the few people that I did share that I had, you know, a, a cancer tumor, mine was so much, you know, less than theirs, or it was stage one and theirs was stage four, or they did chemo and I only did radiation. And, and I felt kind of lucky, but bad sharing my story with certain people who had it so much worse than me. And it made me kind of shut down and, and not want to talk about it. And if I had had someone out, I had one person that I ended up speaking to who had the same exact story as me. She's a news reporter actually for KCAL and CBS that another friend of mine put me in touch with. And she's the only person I was just craving some sort of network and uh, organization that could connect me to somebody who was like me no disrespect to anyone else who's had cancer and, and worse or less or it, everyone's story is different but i did feel bad talking to people who had it way worse because when i said how did it go da, 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 it was worse than mine and i felt a little embarrassed that i was just having this although it was something big so there are different kinds of organizations and the hospital did put me in touch with a few different people but again it wasn't someone like at my level and i think that there's a big need for that in our health community. What I really got also, I got a couple things out of watching your video. I thought it was really good you put it out because you said numerous times, screening is important. Mammograms are important. Get your mammogram. You never would have found this. It never would have been found. My mom passed away young, but her first cancer, her first breast cancer was found when she was 40 from a mammogram. So, oh wow. To live, you know, till her second one. But we have a huge family history, so it's a lot different. So. Yeah, I think when you don't have a family history, it's kind of hits you like a brick over the head. You know, it's just like, what? I remember, I just remember everything so clearly, you know, I, I just, it was crazy. <laughs> Go ahead, keep going with your thought. So I had my mammogram at 40. I would have had it when I actually turned 40 in May, but I actually had it in January because life got busy and I just didn't schedule it. So I went and had my mammogram and my, my, my parents were in town. We were in the car and I remember the breast center called me on speakerphone with my parents in the car and said, we'd like you to come in for a biopsy. I mean, didn't say, hi, is this a good time to talk? Like, do you have someone in the car with you? Could have been my kids, could have been a client. I mean, please. So of course my Jewish mother, who's just like frantic, is like, you need to go right now. <laughs> so I dropped them off at home and my husband met me there and I got the biopsy. It was, you know, it was painful. And I said to the doc, to the, the radiologist, I think, what do you, what do you think this is? Cause I'm just a little black and white. And she said, I think it's cancer. I said, okay. Right there. 
right there. Didn't have the results for three more days. And I walked out of there and I'm like, this doctor is either really amazing at what she does and knows, or she's really reckless. And she's going to stress me out for three days telling me it was a, it was a Thursday and I wasn't finding out till Tuesday. I'm like, great. I have a whole weekend. So the whole weekend I was like, oh, I can't wake up with the kids. I have cancer. I can't do the dishes. I have cancer. And I just tried to play it off a little because it was so surreal to me that she told me this just so bluntly, even though I asked for it. And I remember the Tuesday I was uh, having lunch with a friend and we were in a store to just, we were on Robertson walking around and I got the call. I knew who it was and I got the, my husband on the phone and she said, so we got your results back and it is invasive ductal you know, carcinoma stage one. It's, you know, this is the size of it. And I was just sitting there and I'm like, okay. So flash forward to just meeting with a few doctors and I ended up writing her a letter and just said, thank you. Thank you for being so honest. I was, you know, worried that you were being reckless and that I had this information all weekend that kind of, I wasn't sure if it was true or not, but obviously you are, you know, an accomplished and established physician. I couldn't imagine with your ethical and moral values that you would tell somebody something that you weren't really sure about. So I just said, thank you for being honest with me and straightforward because that's who I am. And I didn't, I didn't know this radiologist. I never have seen her again, but she called me. It was Valentine's day. Uh And she said, and she said, I got your note Valentine's day and no one's ever really written me a note like that. And just thank you. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. The universe gave you exactly what you were supposed to have. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's funny. And it's, it, you know, when I think back, it's like I called that lab technician place like three times because it's where I'd had my previous mammogram for a surgery I had before. And I called, I left a message. I called and left a message. And the third call, I said, if you don't call me back, I'm not coming to you. I'm going to go find somewhere else to get a mammogram. Because like, why, why am I begging for business? Like, why am I begging to give my business to you? Like, I can just go somewhere else. But finally, they called me back because I wanted to go to the same place I'd been before. But, you know, it kind of all manifests together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I saw you get very emotional and choked up when you did what you called your first 5K. I don't know if you do those often. <laughs> I don't do them often. We normally do like a family trot, turkey trot over Thanksgiving when, you know, we are in certain areas where we can find one. And then I do normally do the Lynn Cohen breast cancer run in October, but I always just do it because it's in front of my building. It's in Brentwood. It's like something I can do with the family. Never have had a connection to cancer, never have been there on any emotional level. Just like, it's a beautiful day in October. Like I'm going to get some exercise. You know, I'm not, I never ask people to raise money or donate. Never. So that October, I did do it by myself. Uh, I kind of just wanted to do it by myself and have that moment. It was the second time I had raised my hand when they asked in the audience who's a cancer survivor. That's a weird feeling to, you know, like who's looking at you? Who do you know? It's a little weird. And yeah, a lot just kind of came over me that day running by myself and seeing all these other people, you know, because it really was all, you know, it's supports a lot of cancers, but it's Lynn Cohen died of breast cancer. So that's the story there. Right. So the video that you posted, I mean, you could tell it hit you. Yeah. And that was also yeah. a very moving video that I watched of you. Yeah. Thank you. I really, yeah. 
you could tell. I mean, I put it together really just for myself and kind of for my kids. Again, you know, I didn't want to scare anyone and I did go through it alone, but I wanted to document a little bit because I had big feelings, but I didn't really want to put them out there. And actually my real estate videographer, one day we were just talking about it because he wasn't, you know, he's not someone like totally in my life. So I felt like I could tell him and he's like, why don't you send me the videos and I'll just put them together for you just so you have it. And I sat on it for a while and, and he did do it for me. And I just shared it with like my parents and couple other people. And then finally, I just felt like, you know what, this doesn't need to be something that has to be so private. It's something that can help others and talk about early detection and know that I'm here to advocate for anyone. I'm here to talk to anyone. And I can tell you that I know that that video made a huge impact just based on the DMs and emails and calls and texts that I got. And other people got mammograms who had been putting it off. Other people who had also recently been diagnosed and didn't know how to deal, how to deal with their colleagues and coworkers, how to deal. And I'm not saying I have all the answers, but I think that they just wanted to ask me like how I dealt with it and what I did. I think it's so important to find other people that have gone through the same thing we've gone through. Just that identification and somebody else to talk to and the kind of person, oh yeah, that's it. It's the loneliness that everybody always talks about, but the same, you want somebody that has the same kind of loneliness. Yeah. I'm going through loneliness with my kind of cancer or, you know, it sounds funny, but it's true. There's so much Brene Brown's podcast. She talks about the three different types of loneliness, not just lonely for a relationship, but maybe for your community, for a community or with your friendships and and people who have all the different types of loneliness, the uh, ex-postmaster general, she interviews on a podcast that came out last April. Anyway, it's just, it is, it's that idea. Yeah, and I think in all different aspects of whatever, you know, you're going through, whatever your trials and tribulations are, I think there's always some element of maybe loneliness or isolation that is self-imposing or is from being like in a, from a scared place or a vulnerable place. And you know, there were some things I didn't really talk to my husband about, just feelings that I had and, you know, little things that were, I was going through that I kind of wanted him to ask me. And I was kind of being a little passive aggressive, but I just felt like, why aren't you asking me, you know, how I'm doing? Like, even though I'm cooking dinner and making this and picking this up and working and so busy, you know, and I'm not saying that he wasn't supportive, but he, cause he was, but I think that you also can turn into a little bit of a victim. And I definitely didn't want to do that. But at the same time, I didn't want to be like blasting it from the rooftops. It's hard. Such a fine line. It's like, I want to be taken care of, but I don't want to be taken care of. Except when you tell me, except when I decide, well, can you take care of me for these 10 minutes right now? So like, <laughs> how is anyone supposed to know? <laughs> okay, that's enough. I don't really think I like being taken care of. Okay, leave me alone now. Can I just read if I, although I don't have time to read. And it's like, right. it's all that. <laughs> if I'm being a, a mom and working and, you know, with all these things going on and volunteering. Anyway, I'm very, I'm really glad that you did come out and talk about it. And I think, I don't even talk to you or see you that much, which is an understatement. I really don't. I mean, I used to see you at SoulCycle. Which, I know lifetime ago, but that was always fun. I, you know, I have such a soft spot in my heart for you. I remember when you were just learning real estate. I can't believe you've been in real estate for 19 years. So I'm like, oh my gosh, you must've been a baby, but you've been doing this for so long. And, you know, now like to have you come out and talk about it, I feel so much closer to you about it. And that's the thing. Like, and I guess that suddenly I'm with this Brene Brown 
like groupie, but I think everybody probably is a sunset. So I'm usually just an Angela groupie because <laughs> mm-hmm. still have an Angela groupie anyway. But when we're our most vulnerable, that we feel close to people. So you come out and you you talk about your cancer and going through that and everything. Even people you probably don't even know have watched your video and feel like they know you and are closer to you and everything else. And so when somebody goes through something, they know. Oh, call Lauren Rabbits. She went through that and she can direct you here or there or whatever. I mean, it's just something great. Yeah, I think it's all about connection. I mean, I have other friends that, or people I know who called me after watching the video and they were just deciding to do a double mastectomy. That was just their choice. Mm -hmm. Um, Wherever their tumors were, big or small, you know, benign or whatever. And I was like, well, I didn't have that, but this person did. And she said, she's like on my list of, people who I'm able to give her number out. So, you know, someone in Chicago, I gave her number to that person. They're not going to ever probably meet. They don't know each other, not the same circle of life or friends, but I just feel that I'm a connector. It's what I do best. It's what I love. And, and that's just what my message was with that. And in really my message in life, you know, but especially with that, I could see the ripple effect. I could see the direct connections from my message people reaching out to me and then me connecting that person with that person. And so that made me feel so gratifying and okay being vulnerable and putting kind of my story out there. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. So tell me more about being the connector. I love that. I don't know, Lauren. It's just who I've always been. It's just uh, natural. And I do get a lot of joy out of it. I mean, Sometimes I feel that my world is shrinking and I'm not meeting as many new people, especially right now. I feel such a low, you know, point at times of like social awareness and just meeting new people and going out and being like the social person that I am and being home all the time. It's a real struggle for me right now. But yeah, I just love connecting people no matter no matter what it is. I mean, connecting people to my handyman and my painter, like whatever you know, an electrician. I want to support other people that I believe, you know, provide value and do good work and are good people, no matter what it is in life. Yeah. I'm, I, I don't know why I, I just flash. I mean, I ran into you with my kids, with you, with your husband and your kids on the way to Baltimore or back, or maybe both yeah. directions. I don't even know. It was yeah. Maryland. Yeah. On the plane. Plane to Maryland. I mean, that was the most random thing ever. I'm like, hey. Memorial Day. Memorial Day. Okay. See, so I didn't remember that part, but that's great. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah, definitely. I'm sure there were a million connections there. So then you were talking, you also mentioned uh, the sleeplessness. I believe that lack of sleep and nauseousness are the two most debilitating things. That's just a personal opinion. I'm sure I will write, maybe I'll write a blog. I'm, I've been having a lot of fun writing non-articles and blogs. <laughs> right. Legal. It's been very fun for me to write, but that's just my own opinion. I think it all stems from being pregnant but uh, <laughs> and uh, having young kids. But the sleeplessness now. You said you started. Well, there's a couple of things. I mean, first of all, I love sleep. I've always loved sleep. I've always loved to sleep in. I'm never the most, you know, morning person, that kind of thing. You know, I work out at 630 in the morning, but it's like, oh, it's the worst. So I think through COVID, it's been nice kind of having a little extra hour to an hour and a half, not making lunches, you know, that you have to pack up and and all that kind of stuff. My favorite thing when school got extended, I mean, I'm in my last 
year for my youngest, um, but I still am so happy not to have to get up early. Seriously. And it's a really, that's been a silver lining for me, but I am on tamoxifen, which is a hormone that I have to take because my tumor was estrogen receptive. So I have to take that. And with that, it just comes, you know, some hot flashes and kind of uncomfortableness and sleeping and blah, 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 blah. So nothing I can really do about that because I'd rather take it than get cancer again. But that's definitely affecting things. And just you know, just regular stress from my daily life in terms of the deals and the line of business I'm in. It's a very emotional business and you're dealing with people who are either, you know, selling or buying their biggest asset and it's stressful and they don't all have boundaries uh, in terms of phone calls and texting and emailing and, you know, they expect response times and it's just a lot. So people wanting instant gratification, like yesterday. Yeah. I mean, I think that I pride myself on being available and responsive. I think it's important. That's what I expect from people. I, I feel like I'm just behind. I think during this time, you know, fortunately I've been really busy with, with business and real estate and it's, it's a lot. And uh, I was talking to my sister the other day who's younger and single and so busy. And she's like, what is the point? Like, what is this all for? Like, I am so out of my mind stressed. Wait a minute. That's why, that's how 52 Weeks of Hope came about. Me wondering, what's the point? And going and asking people, a person a week for 52 weeks, what's the point? <laughs> I went through well, a period. I know you're not saying she asked it that way, but yeah, I, I kind of, <laughs> I was like, okay. Like, we go through these things. We come out of them. Um, I was actually surprised that I went through it with my kids that are so great and fill me up so much. I was very surprised I went through one of those periods. And I actually, it was in one of those Angela classes, actually, where I just sat in the back row crying and crying and crying. And I had a shift. She did one of her Angela-like things, you know, where, can you see your dream? Can you see it? If you can see it, it's not big enough. And I'm thinking, yeah, I didn't. And then she kept going, doing her Angela stuff. And I was yeah. just, crying and crying. And then she said, I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but I know someone needs to hear this. And I don't know what she said, but it did such a shift in me. And I don't know. I just, I knew I'd be okay. I wish I knew I'd be okay. Anyway, I just didn't know how I was going through hard financial time. None of my money was coming in. I had to pay staff and like, it was bad. And I got through it, which of course we always go through whatever we get through, whatever we're going through. Everybody goes through their stuff, but I came out of it and I was like, all right, really? Like, now what? And then you go through the next one, and then the next one, and then we keep doing that, and then eventually we die? Like, what the hell? <laughs> I know, it's so true. I'm like, I work so hard, you know, and you do all of these things anyway. And so that's, I decided as just a fun project for me to interview a person a week for 52 weeks. And, as you should. And I did. I interviewed a person a week for 52 weeks, and it was so fabulous and so much fun. And the number one message, by the way, like there were some common themes and common messages. People would just divulge the most personal stuff to me. It was so incredible. And, and I had so much fun with it. So now I'm doing this and I'm doing all this. Great. Yeah, that's how 52 Weeks of Hope came about. And that's great. the number one message was community, that we need community. And you're like, yeah. I miss people. Well, yeah, that was like, <laughs> so. But it's so funny because like my, my husband is totally flourishing in this time. He loves being home. He loves not seeing anyone. He loves not going out to dinner. He is so happy and like living his best life and so skinny. And I'm just like, I don't know how we're going to make it. 
if we have another year of this, don't know how we're going to make it because <laughs> I, we went out to dinner once and I was so happy. I brought lipstick. I took my mask off. First time I'd worn lipstick, I wore a dress. He wore a mask the entire time um, until, unless we got our food and we left and I'm like, oh my God, that was such a great night. He's like, that was the worst. <laughs> I'm never going out again. I was felt so uncomfortable. I'm like, oh my God, what, what am I going to do? We haven't, we haven't so, eaten out except for like the back of the car with the thing. Uh, anyway, no, yeah. like picnics with no one around. And- yeah, we haven't really had anyone over. It's just like, it's hard. It's a weird, it's, I'm like, we're looking for people. I just, I want our friends back. I want community in my life. I mean, life is short and this is a, this is a hard thing to go through. Oh Yeah. Yeah, it is. So what are you doing to make up for that? Are you Zooming a lot? Are you calling people? I know you're busy with work, but you don't get to see people with your work. No, I do. I'm actually quite out there, to be honest with you. Showings, inspections, uh, life is kind of moving forward in our world. We have a lot of precautions and obviously mask wearing in certain homes. We have to wear booties. Some homes we have to wear uh, gloves. I have temperature checks for some of my clients, they want temperature checks. So I obviously offer all the variety of options and means to be safe, but I'm definitely out there with people and more so than my husband. So just trying to balance that. And uh, I mean, it's not with people I want to necessarily hang out with, it's work, but I do miss that element. A lot of our business is, you know, the caravan on Tuesdays where not only you get to go see new properties, but you get to like chit chat with all your people and you know, so now I'm just reaching out to more agents. I have a female networking group that I started uh, last year. So we were only meeting physically in person once a quarter. And once COVID happened, we were like craving each other so much. Just again, connection, talking about the market. How are we all feeling? What are we doing? So we now meet every other month on Zoom. And then my girl, my girlfriends, we've had a standing Wednesday Zoom since this started. Oh, that's great. Um, that's- whoever... Good. Logs on, logs on. And maybe it's two of us. Maybe it's eight of us. It's just whatever. And, you know, my birthday was a few months ago. David did a drive-by just parade, you know, just trying to see people in a, in a safe way. Yeah. Do you do any meditation or anything like that for your anxiety or? No, I've never been a meditator. No, I haven't <clears throat> had success with that. I don't do yoga. I try to go to bed a little earlier than I used to. And I just wake up, you know, to start the day at 6.30 or 7. I'm very organized in just my daily life and routine and emails and to-do lists. That's something that just kind of calms me a little, just like checking things off the list. But no, I've never, that's not for me. Meditation, yoga, not for me. It's hard for me to even read a, read a book. You know, I'm tired at the end of the day. Yeah, I'm exhausted. It's just a lot, you know. I wish I had more time to do all these fun COVID projects. One project I just ordered yesterday was spice bottles with labels, and I'm going to organize all of my spice spices. Someone inspired me to do that. Let me know how it goes. Okay. (laughs) I have not had time to even clean out my closet. My area, I know. I mean, has always been busy, but employee right COVID, it went through the roof. So Yeah. yeah. It's definitely, yeah. So what are you doing for exercise? So for exercise, we just got a puppy. So we just took her on her first walk this past week. Not that it's like that's exercise, but you know, it's getting out. I actually, my trainer comes over Tuesdays and Thursdays and we kind of just do stuff in the neighborhood outside. We both wear masks and 
work out in the garage and do lifts on people's, you know, little walls. And it's actually been really fun. I don't know what's gonna happen when it rains because I'm meeting neighbors. We moved into our house about a year and a half ago and I haven't met everyone. And I used to be like the mayor of my street. So here in this new location, working out with him in the morning and I'm meeting, you know, kind of those early risers and and that's been fun. I was doing in the beginning some Zoom classes and stuff like that. To be honest, I just haven't had time. Yeah. It's that's going by the wayside, unfortunately. Maybe if I can slow down November, December, I can get back in shape. Yeah. I mean, I took up uh baking. <laughs> but banana bread, you know, we all did. <laughs> Yeah, lots of cookies. And how about your daughter? Are you doing things with her? Do you do things individually with your kids? What do you? Yeah, so both of them, I have a fourth grader and a sixth grader. My sixth grader is at a new school and he's really happy and thriving. And he's made a couple like new friends through, you know, they chat online and we've had a couple socially distant play dates. And what would you tell someone who is having trouble getting out of bed in the morning these days? That's just kind of, yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> what what would you tell that person? Oh, that's a good question. Like I didn't want to get out of bed today, really, but I had things to do. I mean, I think I wish sometimes I could lay in bed all day, but I have responsibilities. And I just think about the people that are counting on me and relying on me and that I don't want to disappoint or let anyone down. So I think that no matter who you are or what you do, someone is counting on you, whoever that is, whatever that is. If it's someone that you need to make a connection with that day or that night, or even something you need to do that day to prepare for the next day. So I always, I feel I always just am thinking of others and that I want, I want to do what I'm supposed to do and not disappoint and just kind of move forward. So today I didn't want to wake up, definitely wanted to lay in bed. So something that I started a while ago was I was wearing an eye mask on the weekends. Because I was like, oh, it's the weekend. I get to sleep in. I don't have to like take my kids to school at 6.30 and I can sleep till 7.30. And it started to become something that I stopped doing only on the weekends. And now I wear eye mask every night. <laughs> and it's a little bit of a security blanket for me. It's like mouth guard in, eye mask on. And that's, I can't go to sleep without it. The week, you know, the week, and not that my room is light or anything. It's just like a mental thing. And so I really try to sign off you know, at night and I don't keep my phone next to my bed or anything. Sometimes I keep it downstairs in the office. So uh, yeah, it was Ariana Huffington, I think did a sleep study. I know she does a lot of sleep pods in her offices and stuff. And there's definitely like when you wake up to pee in the middle of the night, you know, go check your phone or see if anyone texted you. It's so bad for your brain waves, like the light, the distraction, can't go back to bed. So I really need to keep my phone away, you know, for me in the middle of the night for sure. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. So what, you have to take your sleep mask off though, if you have to get up and do anything in the middle. I just, I just raise it up. So. <laughs> just like lift it up, pee, go back. <laughs> and so how's your, how are you feeling now? I feel great. Overall, I feel really good. I mean, obviously this transition of life is something everyone's going through. And I think that that's where you can take some comfort in knowing that you're not alone and everyone is handling COVID-19 in different ways. And I totally respect and value everyone's feelings and opinions. I mean, I miss my family. I have no family really besides my sister on this coast. Everyone is on the East Coast. And it's crazy that it's going to be almost a year that I've seen my parents and that my kids have seen their grandparents. And, you know, we're just trying to kind of figure out the best ways to 
to try to get together like what feels good for everyone because it's it's not easy. Oh, definitely not. I know I don't have any family here either. We just Zoom every week. <laughs> yeah, we need to get better at that for sure, the Zooming. I think we're all so busy, but we, we have done that. So do you have any suggestions for anybody for what to do when they've hit those roadblocks? I mean, how did you get to where you are in your career? Well, I think that I got to this place by owning who I am and being authentic and respectful and polite and discreet. I think that it's important to have a good reputation because that's all you really have and all you really have to go by. Golden rule, do unto others as you would want them you know, to do to you. And I just carry myself with a level of respect that I have for all people. And I am you know, kind of a straight shooter. And I think that's served me well. I mean, I've been with the same company for 19 years. I've never left. I could have a million times. I met my husband in the office. That, you know, helps in a lot of different ways. I think that, you know, just advice is really honing in on what works for you in like an authentic way. And for me, over the years, you know, I started off in this business as an assistant, as you know, and at a certain time, it was time to spread my wings and do my own thing. I was doing well and not working very hard. And I thought to myself, okay, I have a couple kids. I, I'm, you know, contributing to the family pot, but I'm also like going to soul cycle at nine o'clock and I'm not really starting my day till 1130 after I shower. And then I'm having lunch with a friend, you know, not every day, but what if I like didn't do that? And I actually went to the office and I didn't talk to my mom and my sister 18 times a day. What if I really refocused and I hired a, a business coach about five or six years ago that really changed my life. What did the business coach do? So I interviewed a few different people because I didn't want to work with a real estate coach. I didn't really have real estate problems. I just had boundary problems and things that I didn't realize I needed to clean up on my side of the street. So with her, and her name is Barb Garrison, and her company is called Internal Groove. She's based in Boulder older and was referred to me by a bunch of other clients and friends who had used her. And she works in like the luxury lifestyle business. So she gets it. She gets entrepreneurs. She gets people that work for themselves and people that want to make a change, whatever it is. If people want to change from like, let's say the magazine industry into the travel industry or people who want to get out of an industry, but not burn bridges, people who are merging from like a big company to a small company, whatever it is, she was a great fit for me and just kind of getting out of my own way, setting boundaries with people, including my husband uh, and my sister and my mom and working during work hours, being available for my kids, putting my phone down, picking back up and working again when I put the kids you know, to bed and just kind of creating a system. And I didn't really have a system in place at all. I was just winging it and doing fine. But I wanted, I was at a point where I wanted to make a change in my career I wanted to see an increase in my numbers and I had like a personal goal that I wanted to reach. David didn't like my goal. He didn't think I should have that goal. And I was like, you can't tell me what my goals are. So this is my goal and I'm going to reach it. And then we're going to talk. And so that first year with Barb, I tripled my sales from the year before. It was like mind blowing. So fabulous. It was amazing. And I felt so gratified. I felt like you know, the extra hours, the weekends, the babysitters, like the stuff that I had to do to get there, you know, not calling certain people back, not having social lunches, really focusing on my business. 
was what I paid her for and what I wanted to do. So I really needed to do it. So great. Congratulations. Thank you. It was great. So ever since then, I would say I've kind of been on a different trajectory, which has really worked for me. And it's been what I've, what I've wanted. So that's personally fulfilling, I would imagine. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So great and empowering. Yeah. And just someone to keep me in check and, you know, to, cause she has, you know, weekly calls and weekly entries and in a business where you're your own boss, you don't always have someone to answer to. And sometimes you can kind of lose your footing. And I was at a point where I needed, I kind of needed someone to, you know, hunker down and, and yell at me a little. I thrive when, you know, someone does that and really pushes me and not in a pushy way though, just in a, you know, if it, is this what you want or not? Cause if it is, this is what you need to do. Like a trainer kind of. Yeah. That's so great. What's your next goal? What's next for you? Oh, conquered bis- conquered uh, cancer. Your kids are thriving. You're doing just fine through COVID so far. I guess like work-life balance is just always where it goes. And I think I do a good job. I mean, I, I try to turn things off and uh, you know, I, I'm a great mom. I'm here all the time. I'm helping with homework. I'm cooking I'm organizing. We're traveling. So yeah, overall, I think I'm doing, you know, what I want to do. I don't really know what's next. I think it's just, you know, creating those connections again after COVID kind of evaporates, if it will, going back to doing, you know, kind of what I do best, which is just connecting with people, developing rapport and just keeping on, keeping on. That sounds perfect. Yay. Yay. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on 52 Weeks of Hope. I've really enjoyed your podcasts. And so- you coming and uh, being on 52 Weeks of Hope. So. Thank you. I think this is a great idea. I think it's totally going to give people hope. I think everyone's stories are different and unique and people can look for hope in lots of different ways and it doesn't have to be health. It doesn't have to, you know, it can, it can be everything. It really can. Hope with family or hope with business or hope for the world or peace or there's just so many different ways that we can all get down. So I think that this show is going to be fantastic and like a really big soul filling time for people. Yeah, that's, that's what I, I, hopefully it will be. And like I said to you before, if we just help one person feel better, then it's definitely worth it. And I got to chat with you, which I just love doing. That was so- Thank you. I know, me too. That was good. So thank you so much. And I look forward to catching up further soon. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Lauren. Okay. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and take with you this week's messages of kindness, support, and commitment. We need these so much right now. You never know what's happening behind anybody's front door. Compassion is also a must. I'd also like to announce a winner in our fabulous giveaway. Pam Gotchula won the fun gift bag of my favorite journal, candle and crystals. All you have to do is share your email with us on our website, 52weeksofhope.com, and we'll send you the link to enter. We still have two more uh, giveaways, so go ahead and review us also on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in next week for an amazing podcast where we get to discuss what's happening right now with each other. This is a podcast not to be missed. 
And remember, please subscribe to the podcast, leave us a positive review, and send us feedback on our website, 52weeksofhope.com. I'm Lauren Abrams. Thanks for listening.